Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to The Option Pitch, college football radio show. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Third thing I want you to do in the last thing, I want you to go tell Southern Cal to bring a damn lunch because it's going to be a long-ass day for us. The option pitch bringing you Saturday on a Wednesday. And as I say that out loud, I just realize how corny that is. But good evening. How are you doing? My name is Rick Riggin. And joining me tonight is uh, I actually have a special guest tonight. You know, unlike last show, but Kenny Galloway. Kenny, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Rick. Thank you for having me. Well, for all of you out there in the college football and just sports world, uh, today is Kenny's birthday, so hit him up on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, tell him happy birthday, call in the show, and tell him happy birthday. That'd be awesome. And also, what you probably don't know about, you know, I'm sure most of you probably don't know Kenny, but uh, maybe around here, people that are listening, uh, I kind of consider him as the Southern Indiana Drake because, you know, it's Drake. You know, the uh, the singer kind of shows up at every single game wearing a different jersey all the time. Well, Kenny, I believe, has a hat for, like, every sports team you could think of. So, uh, the Southern that Indiana is, Drake. That is correct. That is, about, <laughs> that is about correct right there. <laughs> but uh, you can reach the show at, at Option Pitch on Twitter, myself, at Rig and underscore Rick. You can find us on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, reach the show, Option Pitch at gmail.com. Or call me now live because I want to talk some Big 12. Is it the death penalty for not expanding? Uh, we're going to get into that here in a minute, but you can definitely join in because this show is really more of a playground for uh, all fans just to call in, hang out. Uh, we don't even have to talk sports. We could talk Star Wars, wrestling, uh, anything but politics because that's so we can do it. But the, the phone number is 773 897 6327. So with that, we will begin. The Big 12 has decided uh, decided not to expand. And me personally, I think that's a terrible decision. Maybe some of you Big 12 uh, people out there listening now, maybe you love it. I, I think the general consensus is that everybody hates it. Uh, Kenny, what's your take on it? It's, it's really makes no sense to me right now. I mean, expansion can only help the conference in my mind. Um, unless unless the, the powers that be have some kind of other – purpose like later on down the road for not doing this right now i don't know what it is but as a fan it just makes no sense right now right and and the thing that i can i can think of is cash is king you know everything is just money driven and the big 12 as it sits right now is actually earning the its highest revenue is ever earned in the existence of the big 12 with just the 10 teams so if you bring more teams in, you have to share some of that revenue. I mean, 
I don't know if that brings more revenue in or if that hurts. I don't know how, exactly how that works, but as you know how a conference works. Right. Go ahead, Kenny. It just, it just seems uh, they need – I mean, Oklahoma hasn't been a dominant powerhouse for a while now. Texas has been terrible. And Baylor is on top of the Big 12, and they have been for a few years now, it seems like. And, and, and back – I remember when I was a kid, they was never doing anything. So Oklahoma's fell off, and, and it just um, – just, it just leaves us. It seems like it, it's just been faltering for the last few years now, and, and it, the expansion in my eyes would, it would have helped. But like you said, the revenue revenue is everything. And I mean, if they're fine with what they're making now and what they're bringing in for the conference, more power to it. But bringing in more more schools and maybe having more bowl representatives for the next few years or whatever with more teams in there, it seems like that would make more money too. But maybe they have, like I said, maybe they have a a, a higher decision maybe later on down the road that we don't know yet. Yeah, well, you know, to me, adding a couple more teams actually makes the most sense to me because, I mean, with, with 10 teams now, you could split divisions five and five, but you can even it up, yep. you know, make the Big 12 back an actual 12-team conference and uh, split divisions and have an actual conference championship game, and that looks sexy in the eyes of the uh, selection committee at the end of the year when they're picking playoff teams because uh, the way it is right now, it's really more of a round-robin type tournament it seems like when all the big 12 teams play against each other and they just pick a champion at the end you know i i would love the days that well the conference to get back to the days of having that big 12 championship and actually having 12 teams in the conference you're exactly right you're exactly right i mean that to me that could only help i mean it, it makes it it makes it a broader spectrum for all the fans too i mean it's something if you're a big 12 fan it, it'd be more enjoyable to see more teams out there competing for a chance to get a to a bowl game and possibly a national championship. Yeah, you know, a, a lot's changed in 20 years. And, you know, we talk about Rick Rick, and, of course, a lot of things change in 20 years. But I still remember, you know, back in the mid to late 90s where I can argue the fact that I think the Big 12 is probably the most dominant conference in college football because you had, you had Nebraska, Absolutely. you had Oklahoma and Texas, you had A&M, you had all these powerhouses, you know, really, you know, and these teams were – really serious contenders every single year because they had to play at tough competition, which was each other every single year. And they were those serious contenders for national championships. And it just doesn't have that feel anymore. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just 10 teams. Uh, you know, they had, there is a, a list of something like 19 teams that applied and they opened up the application process to bring all these teams in and then decided not to, expand and now i guess they have to write apology letters uh but man i would love to see it go back to 12 teams i would i would like to heard that been on a fly on the wall on the conversation of exactly why like when they told the teams that they wasn't going to expand why exactly was the reason they gave them just to find out you know what uh what their thinking and purpose was well we can go over this real quick here's a here's a list of teams and maybe this might be a reason not to expand because these are kind of your your middle to lower tier teams, okay, in, in college football, and we can discuss this if you want. Uh, is that a, a any of these teams be a benefit joining the conference? But uh, you got Air Force, BYU, which I do believe BYU would be one hell of an, of an addition and would definitely help the oh, conference. Yeah. Yep. The Air Force, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati. Colorado State, UConn, Houston, Rice, South Florida, SMU, and Tulane. I mean, outside of BYU, and I know Houston is hot right now with uh, Tom Herman, 
you know, the sexiest guy in college football right now. He's the yeah, top name exactly. for any job coming open anywhere in, in the world right now. But uh, outside of BYU and maybe Houston, uh, do you see anything else that – are these teams right here that actually help the conference? If you, if, are, the other, are the other teams you, you, you mentioned – the only other one that I would say possibly is, is Cincinnati. Other than that, uh, the other ones probably have no business being in the Big 12. Now, Cincinnati, to me, is uh, recently anyway, is near and dear to my heart because, uh, you know, when you go on Twitter and you see the verified accounts, the blue check marks, and when those people tweet stuff out, people comment back to them. Well, I actually got trolled on Twitter over Cincinnati a few weeks ago, and I absolutely love it. So any type of Twitter reaction <laughs> I get, yeah. But, uh, you know, I put the Twitter poll out, you know, who is the best fit for the Big 12? This is back when they were still – talking about expanding and BYU Houston and that's the two teams I put on there and somebody hey I won't give out the, the name but uh told me that I'd be taken more seriously as a uh, a college football radio host you know in quotation marks which I thought was funny <laughs> if I was to mention if I was to mention Cincinnati because they're a lock All right, Kenny, don't worry. I'll take it from there. <laughs> well, no, I, I thought, my, I thought I, uh, it hung up on me for some reason. No, 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 no. Yeah, go ahead. Cincinnati, to me, um, they'll never be an elite team, I don't think. But I think they're good enough. To be, they'll, I don't think they'll ever, they would never, I don't think they would ever win the conference championship or anything like that. But they could bring in revenue and fans and expand the Big 12 and, and, and at least bring a new face, a new fresh team to that, to the look. Yeah, well, two weeks ago when I did the uh, the option pitch, you know, and the show titles coaching carousel and all the coaching rumors, who's fired, you know, this is right after Les Miles got fired, and who's <laughs> considering uh, what job and everything, and I put the challenge out to that person that told me on Twitter, and I said, tell me exactly what Cincinnati has done since Brian Kelly left and went to Notre Dame, and don't give me some muffler.com bowl that they went to, won or lost, or whatever it is. Seriously? Tell me what they have done to take that next step up into a, a big boy conference and just let me know exactly what Cincinnati has done after Brian Kelly. Well, they can have Brian Kelly back now if they want. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, he, <laughs> Purdue, <laughs> and per, Purdue's needs somebody now. You know, they just look right up the road and be an easy move. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Very true. I, I was right, actually so, wondering why, why teams like Utah – uh, Boise State, or even Fresno State, or somebody like that wasn't even mentioned and possibly expanding with the Big 12. Now, you know who else was rumored, and it doesn't make sense to me. It, it, in a small way, it does. This team makes sense, but in every other conceivable way, conceivable way I can't imagine it. But UCLA was rumored to be interested in moving <laughs> to the Big 12. Yes, to the Big that, 12. That would be a stretch. That would be a stretch to me right there. That's that a stretch, be. but here's the reasoning. They could finally get out of the shadow uh, of USC going to the Big 12. So, I don't know. Maybe. Was, that's a stretch, it, it, but it, it, that's a, it's it a fun be, uh, thought to think about, though. Yeah, it would be awkward seeing them. I, I understand the reasoning, though, but it would, just, it would just look awkward seeing them in the Big 12. <laughs> right. So, we'll get back into the Big 12 here. I mean – As far as contracts go, these teams have, you know, I don't think we'll see any teams depart 
the Big 12. I, I think this conference again, it, is dying. I think it's going to break up. But I don't think because of contracts that we're going to see it really happen until about four or five years down the road, maybe six years. You know, But like I said earlier, cash is king, and any contract can be broke if the price is right. But uh, I really want to get into Texas and Oklahoma, the two, the two heavyweights here in the conference. And, and Kenny – We'll start with Oklahoma, and I think the talk is, is already now is they're going to be best suited for the SEC. Do you think that is actually a possibility? I think it could be. Um, I think, in my opinion, I'm always have been a, I'm a huge SEC fan. I would actually like Texas over Oklahoma to the SEC, but if I had a pick, it would be Texas. Oklahoma to me. Um, they just don't have the it factor anymore. I mean, you know, they're still a marketable team. They're still a well-known, you know, high-profile high team. But it just – I don't know what – if Stoops maybe needs to move on or what, but I think in order for them to get back on the marquee um, signs, they need, to, they need a new recruiting tool. That way people actually start watching them and, and following them more than what they used to. Well, for me, and you just talked about recruiting, and, and that's number one for me, if Oklahoma was – in the SEC, and that opens up SEC country for their recruiting, that is going to help that program greatly. That, that's what I believe. I think it's all about recruiting, and I think Oklahoma right now is probably having a hard time competing with LSU and Alabama and getting kids to lead the South there and head up to the Midwest. And uh, I, I think that's all if, – if Oklahoma get in the SEC, uh, look, at, I think Oklahoma is going to be uh, – <laughs> a a big powerhouse. I mean, they're a powerhouse now, but they're going to be probably close to Oklahoma level maybe because they can get recruits because I think Bob Stoops, if he was in the SEC, he could get those kids. And they could look at they could look at another team that used to be in the Big 12 that's in the SEC now and how good they're doing with Texas A&M. I mean, they they switch conferences. I mean, and they're, they're one of the high-profile teams in the, country, in the country now. So they can always look at that and, you know, and, and hope for the best. And I also agree with you, Texas with the SEC. To me, uh, geographically, that makes the most sense. I, I don't think geography anymore is all that big of a deal with college sports, the amount of money and everything that all these programs get for travel. And just, I, I don't think, I think anybody can just be anywhere and be in any conference. I mean, look at Maryland and the Big Ten yeah. for Rutgers, you exactly know, or right. West Virginia, West Virginia and the Big 12. I don't, exactly uh, right. but, you know, some of the stuff I read just, uh, with the Longhorn Network, Texas doesn't want any complications with that. They want to keep that going as strong as it, as it is and make it stronger. And also with their academics, uh, maybe the SEC isn't the best fit. It's more along the lines of the Big Ten and the Pac-12. With all the competition in the, in the SEC, um, I could see Texas coming in – I could see Oklahoma doing better than Texas would if they both came in. I could see Texas doing a probably a three or four win team for the first three or four years, just because they're not even back to the level where they want to be now. And if they switch conferences to a bigger powerhouse like that, it, it could only uh, hurt their image. Yeah, and and the other thing, I'd also don't want to leak out, leave out Oklahoma State or uh, or TCU or even Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma State is a tricky one for me. I, I don't know where Oklahoma State goes. I mean, what do you think about Oklahoma State? That's a good question. Uh, I could see them possibly going to the Pac-12. 
for some reason, I, I, if, off the top of my head, I could see them going out to Yeah, I'm thinking four or five years down the road, we're going to have these four super conferences where everybody's going to have 16 to 20 teams. And I think, you know, the Big Ten, Pac-12, uh, I think that's in Oklahoma State's, uh, I think that's right up their alley, those two conferences. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't see any of these teams that, you know, taking off the ACC. I think this is all SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12, you know, put together all four of these conferences. Uh, even though it's not uh, Big 12 related, but to me, just uh, as a Notre Dame fan, I would just love to see them in the Big Ten. And I don't know they're in the ACC and every other sport except football. I, I want them to get out of that, and I want them to go in the, into the Big Ten. If for every sport, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's it, it, it's ge- ge- geographically logical for them. To, I, I'm not really understanding the, the move to the ACC anyway from the Big East like that, or from the independent section of football. Yeah, and I also know I made a smooth transition from the Big 12 to Notre Dame, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, so we'll go back to the Big 12 here. You know, I, I think TCU and Baylor are both SEC teams. I, I just think they have that mentality. That's how they play football. I, as far as their other sports programs go, sports teams go. I have no idea how that works, but this is a football show right now, so we're going to talk about the football. And I think for Baylor and, and and TCU, I think they're both SEC teams. Those two are those two right there do fit in the SEC uh, uh, um, genre. They 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 they're high powered offenses, or they can be usually every year. And, uh, and and they get the recruiting, they get the talent now. Baylor's Baylor's on top of that division right now in the Big Twelve. They, they're undefeated right now. TCU's having a down year, but um, I mean they're usually one of the powerhouses in the country too. I can see them uh, making a smooth transition to the SEC. All right, well let's move on. Yeah, you know, I think we beat the Big Twelve to death. You know, we'll shorten the show up a little bit. Only going to run about a half hour tonight, so uh, we'll keep it in the SEC though. You know, move past the Big Twelve to the uh, big game of the weekend. You know, I was going to break down three games, but I think we'll just break down this one. Uh, Alabama and A&M, and uh, I, for some reason it escapes me. Is this game at Kyle Field? I believe it is. I believe it is. Because I know Alabama's a 17-point favorite, and if they're a 17-point favorite at Kyle Field, then holy cow, because uh, I, think in, uh, I think Vegas really loves the Alabama defense, and I guess they should because Alabama should just be in its own playoff bracket, and then everybody else should be trying to get the other four spots because Alabama's playing like a – at NFL team, again, once again, just like in 2012, they were basically an extension of the NFL, and that's how they're playing again this year, especially that defense. Did the defense outscore Tennessee last week? I know that's a sour note oh. for you, but. Oh, man, it, it, I, it, they did. I just kept looking and looking and looking. I'm like, surely, because Tennessee's usually used to getting down by 14, 17 points to come back, and then it went to 17, then it went to 24, then it went to 31 points. They're not doing it this week. They just, they just, put, on a, they just put on a clinic. And that's what they've been doing all year long. Yeah, you know, and uh, man, seventeen. I like A and M at seventeen. I don't know if I like A and M to win, but I don't like them losing by seventeen. I, I think Trevor Knight, you know, is a fifth-year senior, transfer from Oklahoma actually, and uh, uh, he's really good for A and M. I mean, Kevin Simmons put together a, a great team this year. I, I think they uh, they match up with Alabama really well, and. I think this one's going to be a lot closer what the experts are thinking. I think Bama gets the win, but I, I think A&M hangs around, uh, hangs with them. Besides Alabama, uh, Texas A&M is the most physical football team 
in the whole SEC. And it's usually either Auburn, Georgia, or uh, LSU I say that about. But this year, Texas A&M, they, they're playing with their, either it's on their shoulder or something, but they have more grit and determination to them this year than I've seen in the past. Yeah, and I think one of the things people are looking at is how A&M, you know, looked against Tennessee and got that overtime win. But A&M was pretty banged up in that game. And they now they're coming off a bye week and got healed up and getting some guys back in the lineup they didn't have for Tennessee. So I don't think it's it's really a, a fair comparison look at that A&M Tennessee game and then looking at what Alabama just did to Tennessee and making that comparison and drawing up the conclusion for, you know, the, uh, the, the point spread, I guess, for, for this game. Uh, I, I do think it's going to be a really close game. I, I actually like to see Alabama lose a game, you know, I just, cause I'm with one of those that, that wants chaos and for 14 playoff, cause I want eight teams for playoff, you know? So if we get a bunch of one loss teams every year and, puts a lot of pressure on the committee. I mean, it, that's the only way it's going to work to actually get six to eight teams in this playoff is to have chaos. So, Bama is always a team every year that I root for to lose. If Texas and if, – if both Texas A&M and Alabama are healthy coming in this week, it's, it's going to be a barn burn. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I think so. I don't think it's the, uh, the Manziel era of uh, Texas A&M. I think it's actually a better team than what Johnny Manziel was on. And that's why I think uh, it's going to be close. I, go ahead. They're uh, they're an all around better team this year than they have been in a long time. Oh, they're, definitely. You know, on both yeah. sides of the ball, they play a lot better, a lot better. Yep, very physical this year. I mean, it, they're different looking. Than they really are. You know, they're not running gun like they were with Menzel. You know, they're a lot more physical up front. They can run downhill. They got a great offensive line, pretty good defense. I think they match match up with Alabama pretty well. I think Bama gets the win, but it's going to be close. I, and I like Sumlin. I've always been a fan of his. I think he's an underrated coach. I really do. I have for a long time now. I think he's a national championship coach. But if he's with the right team, and I'm just not quite sure that A&M, if you put A&M in, back in the Big 12 with someone, then yes, they're a playoff team. But recruiting in, in the SEC for an, an agricultural and mil, military school like A&M is, you know, that's exactly what the A&M stands for. But uh, yeah, yeah. recruiting SEC kids to to go to a school like that is pretty tough for one thing, you know. And then you have to recruiting be, gets Bama and LSU, right? You have to be the yeah, elite I, of the elite in recruiting. Yeah, just going against Bama, LSU, uh, Ole Miss, Florida, you know, for all, all these uh, S, this SEC talent coming out of high school, you know, that's tough to do at A and M. He's put together a really good team. I think if he was a coach in the Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10, I mean, he, he would be right there making a playoff push. And, you know, if, if they get the oh, win absolutely. today, I mean, they're right there in the playoffs. I mean, they're they're in the conversation, but they got to get past Alabama. And he's a motiv- and someone's a motivator, too. He always seems to get everybody's best effort that he can every single game. So, what, what's your pick? What's your take on the game? I'm going to say it's going to be close in the first half, but I think Bama pulls away by 13. 13. I, yeah. I think it might be, I'm going to say nine points, Alabama. Still two scores, but uh, I, I, I say nine. I think it's close. I think Bama gets just a couple late scores, you know, stops uh, A&M on, on, on a drive or two and takes a two-score lead. So, close game, if, Alabama. If A&M, if A&M could uh, not commit any turnovers or turn, you know, or, or make Alabama turn the ball over, that game could be 
very, very close down to the very end of the game. I mean, it could be a uh, last play game if they can cut down on turnovers. Yeah, you know, that's actually a really good point because that's exactly how Bama's doing this is off turnovers. And if A&M can protect yeah. the ball, I mean, then they have a chance to actually win. Yeah. The one, thing, the one bad thing about Alabama this year is I know they always have good offense, but some for some reason this year their offense scares them. I mean, it's it, it's been efficient, and it's I mean it's 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 been saving life, but it seems like they have more talent now, and that's hard to say knowing the Alabama teams they had in the recent past. They do. They have a dual threat quarterback, Jalen Hurts, freshman. That is the real deal. He's big. He's he's fast. He's got a cannon. Uh, what worries me about him though is he's running quarterbacks are prone to, to getting injured, and you know they're. They're, uh, who was the uh, the kid that the the player the backup quarterback who just transferred because uh, he actually started the first game of the year if they brought Jalen Hurts in I can't think of his name now but uh, right if he now. gets if yeah if he uh, Jalen Hurts uh, gets injured then they're looking at their third string quarterback because you know their actual yeah. backup transferred away so that's actually what scares you about Alabama a little bit they're going to keep Jalen Hurts they they do a good job protecting him. But he also runs. He does a lot of running. That's what happened to Malik Zaire last year, running with the football and got a broken ankle. I mean, weird things happen. So, he goes down, yeah. Those dual-threat quarterbacks are are, are twice as prone to injuries as just a a pocket passer as normal. So, if you're a Bama fan, I guess you'd be kind of worried about that, you know, the injury to Jalen Hurts. Talented. Talented. It's very talented, yeah. All it takes is. All it takes is one good hit, and, and, and possibly there goes your season. Both take Bama. Both take Bama by a couple scores. So, uh, last five minutes of the show, Kenny. Let's get in some Brian Kelly talk. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to end on a strong note. How hot is that seat up there in South Bend right now? Uh, I thought it been. I thought it'd be so hot right now that it ought to be vacated. That's how hot I thought it was. But uh, it's got to be. If he lasts a year, I mean, this has to be the last year. I mean, it, it just, it, it, as, as much as as much respect I do have for Brian Kelly, it's just not fitting anymore. It's just not there. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And to be honest with you, I you know, we're both huge Notre Dame fans here. You know, our show, the Option Pitch show here is based in Indiana. So, uh, yeah. but uh, both being Notre Dame fans, so we're keyed into every game every week and to me the offense just looks so predictable very predictable it's not even there's a ton of problems on defense but we ain't got everybody knows the uh the problems on defense that's well documented this year now the offense even as good as uh, Deshaun Kaiser is uh when the defense knows what you're getting ready to do there's not a whole lot you can do if you're Deshaun Kaiser I think the offense is just so predictable this year it seems to me there's been more what are you doing type of calls from the from the offense than I've ever seen, at least in the recent memory. I mean, it's been like every week I'm asking myself, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? And at least three or four plays every game. Like, uh, they start handing the ball off at the Josh Adams, and they get in the formation. Like, I see it coming every time. They don't have the same formation and run the same play Josh Adams, and it, it gets stuffed every time, and they'll do it ten times a game, and it, it's ridiculous. So, it, it's it's too predictable. I mean, that's the, that's the all. Even they they put up a good amount of points. So I mean, it, and it's the talent they have on offense. They have great athletes, great quarterback, damn good running backs, receivers. But uh, it's almost like the offense just isn't opened up. 
you know, I guess some of these no, younger guys. Yeah, it, I don't know what it is, but uh, I'm with you too about Brian Kelly. Uh, I was so mad after that Stanford game. Uh, I was like, man, he he shouldn't even make it back to the locker room. You know, they they should just Lane Kiffin him and <laughs> pretty much fire him oh, on the tarmac. Man. You know, <laughs> uh, I yeah. Watch, I watch his post. I watch his post game interviews just to see what kind of questions they're going to give him to see what kind of angry answers he gives because every time, every every game now, it's do you think you're on the hot seat? Do you think you're going to be gone? You know, who, you know I can I see his top just start boiling. I mean, he's he's about to snap every 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 game now afterwards. Yeah, and he also puts a lot of blame on, on everybody else, and you never really yep. – I mean, this maybe this past game, you know, he's talking he's got to do better and this and that, but he throws the coaches and players underneath the bus, and he's done it after every loss this year. He, you know, I mean, it, it's even a, a thing on Twitter now, the Brian Kelly blame game. You know, who's he going to blame this week? Who's he going to – what, you know, so – I don't, I don't know. think we think the national championship game a few years ago is going to save his job now. I mean, it's it's got to the point where it's like, well, it was fun while it lasted. Now it's time to move on. Right. You know, and uh, I'm with you there, too. I, I don't think you can lean on that anymore. You know, it's 2012, and it's the way that national championship game went. But then think about the season, too. Uh, they had some luck. The defense carried them to that national title game, but they had some luck along the way. It took a missed field goal and triple overtime by pit by pit for the Irish to stay undefeated that year. So they had a lot of luck that yeah. year too. Yeah, and I, I knew that. I knew. I mean, as much as I, in my heart, went to Notre Dame to win that game against Alabama, there was just there was just no there was no way that I seen that they was going to win. I mean, I could tell. And it's sad because you almost say it's going to be a blowout. I mean, I didn't want to think that, but I just I could just tell from the get-go. So let's just uh, let's say they let's say they do fire him. And I was going to say earlier, it's a little tough because I believe he just signed a contract extension, so I don't know really how that works. But let's say they go ahead and fire him at the end of the year because that's what Texas is going to do with Charlie Strong. They just said they're not going to fire him during the season. They're going to wait until after the season. So let's say Brian Kelly's in the same spot. They're going to get rid of him. And if you're just tuning in, I mean, nobody has said that they are going to fire him. I just for speculation that they are going to fire him at the end of the year. Who do you think is best fit? Who do you want to see in South Bend? I've been thinking about this for the past couple of weeks now, and it's probably not a popular decision, but one name that I would throw out in the hat, even though I mean he's had a shady past, of course, but Bobby Petrino. Well, <laughs> you know. Uh, when you talk about all these coaches moving around, you know, he's one that's never brought up. And I brought him up on, you know, on the balance, actually, because I do the, uh, the the balance radio show, show every Saturday morning. I do the college football and I brought him up. I mean, that's really a good name. That's an awesome name drop to throw out there, Bobby Petrino, because nobody talks about him. And uh, he's a winner. I mean, he's won every program. He's won. Of course, he's left some baggage behind, but I mean, he's been a winner. He really has. Yeah. Yeah. I think with the. You know, he had the uh, issue with with the uh, his mistress on the motorcycle and that whole oh. thing at Arkansas. I, I I don't think Notre Dame might not be the will be the place for him. I I, I don't think they. I, I have no idea. Maybe they, you know, look past that and I I don't think so. But that's a cool name, Petrino's you know, still probably, out there. Petrino's probably exactly where he needs to be right now in Louisville. I mean, that's his second go around there, and he's taking he's taking that team to a top ten team now too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about Chip Kelly? You think he wants to go back to college? I don't know after one Kelly if we'd like to hire another one. But I do like Chip Kelly's offense. I always have. I mean, it wasn't the right fit in Philadelphia, of course, but he's a college coach. 
I, I really believe that. And there's there's coaches that should never leave college for the NFL. Look at Nick Saban. I mean, it's just he's a college coach, so I wouldn't mind seeing him step in. Yeah, something about seeing that Oregon offense at Notre Dame would be really cool, you know. Yeah. I think Chip Kelly's down at the NFL. I think he's just dreaming to come back to college and have full control over a program. And Notre Dame might be that place. I mean, I don't know. We're just speculating because they – so, but nothing's came out saying they're going to fire Brian Kelly. Of course, the two popular names also for South Bend, Les Miles and Tom Herman. Uh, between those I didn't two, bring, I didn't bring I didn't bring Miles up because I just it, it, as much as I would like to see him in Notre Dame, I just don't see him going there. For some reason, it doesn't look like a good fit. I don't know why. I it, I can't think of it, but it just doesn't seem like it'd be a good fit. Now, here's the thing with Les Miles. He has Big Ten roots, and now Purdue just filed fired their head coach. Do you think he he uh, he goes to Purdue? He could. I mean, it would take. I think it would take a few years to even turn that program even to. But he could go there, and he still gets good enough recruits. Well, at least he did when he was at LSU. That he could actually put a decent team together. Though. I think so too. I think just the name he's built for himself. You know, he's less miles, and yeah. he can get recruits just based off that kind of. You know, like what Jim Harbaugh's done with Michigan. You know, I, I think he can turn them into more of a smash mouth football team at Purdue. You know, I mean, he he might even. I don't know if he'll be able to get SEC type kids. At Purdue, you know, just because he's less miles, but uh, we'll probably see that SEC style of play, the smash mouth football and good defense at Purdue, and that'd actually be kind of scary. He's an odd guy, an odd character, but he's a great football coach. I've always liked Les Miles. I really have. Yeah, I have too. I, I love his post game interviews. They're all they're all great. He's funny. He's extremely funny. All right, so Kenny, I think we'll just end the show here. Uh, you know. Yeah, even though I, I said I didn't want to uh, get into, you know, anybody wants to call it the show, get into politics, but I do want to watch the uh, the, the uh, debate tonight. You know, I think it's really interesting. So uh, that's what we're into the show early for. But, I'm uh, going to be flipping back forth from that and then the Cubs game. That's what I'll be watching, dual TV. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You know, the baseball playoffs, the Cubs. They, yep. Man, they got to get some runs going this postseason. I don't know what happened to them. They've they've just fallen off. They've just fallen off. They, they averaged about six runs a game during the regular season. Last nineteen innings, they held scoreless. I think if they bust out tonight, they'll get ten runs. I mean, if their bats open up, they can get ten runs easy. But it's going to be tough. LA's well, not a pushover. Yeah. So got the debate. Got the baseball playoffs. You know, we got Bama A and M this weekend. You know, is the is the Big Twelve dying? Uh, we'll leave the show. Kenny, thank you for coming on. Thank you. That was hey, awesome. No problem, buddy. Anytime, yep. anytime. Thank you, sir. That was Kenny Galloway, my guest tonight. But uh, is the Big 12 dying? That is the uh, that's the big question. Yeah, like I said, you can reach the show at Option Pitch on Twitter at Riggin underscore Rick, which I actually prefer you just to hit hit up my Twitter account for that. You know, also uh, we're on iTunes. Search Option Pitch. You know, I believe the app. Is the cast box? Is that the X? I had that on my phone. I just don't know if that's an actual iTunes, the actual iTunes podcast app. But that's the easiest way for me when I want to find my own show is the cast box app and just search option pitch, uh, Facebook, Instagram. But that would be, uh, that's the show tonight. My name is Rick Riggin and thank you for listening.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.